I feel like it shouldn't be that stressful every time it starts. <laughs> every fucking time. <laughs> but every time. Uh, well, welcome. A button that's just like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nuclear launch codes, actually. Yes. Um, wow. Um, well, welcome to the We're Watching podcast. Hello, friends and neighbors. I'm Alexia. I'm Abby. And this week we watched A Nightmare on Elm Street, a the original classic. 1984 yes. version. It was my first time watching it, so it was very exciting. It was unsurprisingly not my first time watching it <laughs> I um I somehow like didn't finish the ending which is honestly like my favorite part so I'm a little sad about it honestly yeah I'll finish it tonight after, like literally while I'm filling a candy bag you gotta do it yeah. uh, we, we were both talking earlier about how like how we're so strapped for time and everything is just like I just don't have time for anything anymore <laughs> my god like can you imagine if I'd gone into the office today no (laughs) I'd be crying (laughs) Abby also got to work the early shift so we got to do this at a reasonable hour yeah we're not at recording at like midnight 30 so that's nice (laughs) midnight 30 yeah (laughs) it is though it like really is the last the first couple of times we recorded god it was so late yeah, so we're tired, but not exhausted. We're tired, but not loopy. Yes, we haven't gotten loopy yet. Stick around to the end of the episode when we inevitably lose our minds and start, like, <laughs> screeching to high heavens. <laughs> I mean, I don't even really think it would take being tired for me to do that. <laughs> oh, I hate saying it, but I, I think it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, we're we were so excited. No, go ahead, Abby. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was like, we're just so excited. We are obviously because we both keep jumping in, which is like not usually something that happens. <laughs> I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's weird going back to like looking at you via a Zoom screen now instead of looking at you right beside me. I know we're we're just sitting on my bed, and I press play, and then Ivy sticks his head in, and is like. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best parts, though. Yeah. So if you guys hear any weird background noise on my end, hopefully you don't. Um, my fiance is playing World of Warcraft, and they're doing a very intense raid tonight, from what I've been told. <laughs> what is an intense raid? Two, lots and lots of people, and lots and lots of talking over each other is what I can discern from that. <laughs> I've only played World of Warcraft enough to get a character to almost level 10, and then I gave up. <laughs> so Way more than I did. But Ariel, um, I think she's fully leveled up like one of her characters. So kudos to her. Damn. Go Ariel, because I literally watched a little bit of playing, just long enough to understand the take an arrow to the knee, um, like, jokes back in college, and that is as far as I got that's that's fine I feel like that's okay (laughs) you know you know me I'm like way stuck in my little world of books 
and horror films and I did not play video games growing up nor did you honestly I was not allowed to play video games unless they were educational so I am a very fast typer (laughs) yeah same actually yeah because my parents were like no you can't have a game boy no you can't play these video games it's not educational and I was like man I just want to catch Pokemon so I would have to rely on my friends and use their games when they weren't using them yeah, the, one of the girls down the street whose parents were like wealthy and they had a lovely home and things, she would let me use her Game Boy Color like as we walked home. Yes. <laughs> I think she had a purple one. Yes. I think my friend in middle school had a blue one, if I can remember, and Ivy has a red one, which those things are, our Game Boys saved us during Snowpocalypse last year when we didn't have any power or anything. Like oh we God. just use our, our Game Boys to entertain each other entertain ourselves for hours on end that's horrifying yeah not the game boy part but the snowpocalypse (laughs) i'm glad you had game boys because i would be like literally i'd i'd be like in renaissance times like holding a candle up so i could we we only burned a couple candles because we weren't sure how long it was gonna last and it wasn't enough light to let me read even though it was daytime Mm. it was so dark so i was like i can't even read a book the infinite struggle mm-hmm. it's terrible terrible yeah how, how are um, you how have you been i'm good um i just got a text back and it says oh so provocative <laughs> um so for context abby and i were eating before this uh we we jumped on the zoom at like 8 p.m. Um, I was like, so I ordered pizza and it's going to be here in 10 minutes. And Abby was like, well, great. I mean, I ordered Thai food and it's going to be here in 45 minutes. And then half an hour later, my pizza had just arrived. And so had Abby's food. So mine was 20 minutes late. Hers was 15 minutes early. And <laughs> we sat here eating, like shoving food in our faces. And Abby was drinking a drink called Sexy Night. <laughs> Yeah, so I the Dallas area, uh, Best Thai has a drink on their menu called Sexy Night, and they don't tell you what's in it. So I was like, "Mm, you know what? I'm going to try it. This is going to be fun. It's very sweet, and it tastes like if lip gloss was edible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when she said that, I was like, in a good way or a bad way? They showed her the convenient lip smackers that I keep on my desk. So if you have the tropical punch lip smackers, that's what it tastes like. <laughs> I mean, as one does. Uh, so I texted my friend because I was like, what would I, what would happen if I just texted him this? So I did. So I texted him, Abby and I are having a sexy night using out disturbed. And Abby was like, he's going to text back, like, what does that entail? And literally word for word the text back that I got was ha 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 what does that entail <laughs> like, oh my god she's so right um yep. so I just texted back you know like Abby's drinking a drink called sexy night and I'm shoving pizza in my face and so the reply was so provocative um, <laughs> and we are friends and neighbors we are so we've determined that in order to have a sexy night you just need takeout food some delicious drinks and a zoom call with your best friend that is the sexiest night you could possibly have. That's the stuff. Move over Valentine's Day. We've got October 26th on the books. 
Hell yes. And not to mention Valentine's Day isn't Valentine's Day for me. It's 75% off candy. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, maybe that's just because I'm perennially single on Valentine's Day, but I think it's more just that I love candy. <laughs> Not even candy, just like chocolate specifically. Yeah, it, it has to be the chocolates, the good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, Abby got to work in early shift. I'm about to, after this, make a bunch of candy bags for my the team that I support for recruiting and they're a bunch of nerds, all a bunch of somewhat tech, mostly data nerds, and I love them. And mm-hmm. I bought way too much candy. Candy's so good though. This is the best part of the year. It's just gonna be candy. Oh my gosh. Forever. Obviously, Halloween is the best time <laughs> of the year ever, always. Um, but you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out here single-handedly um creating the list for my company's halloween like party playlist and the movie watch list because it's embarrassing perfect yeah but no you dressed up as sam from trick-or-treat over the weekend so that was super cute i did i did i did and no one knew who i was so that was my god (laughs) i know and there were a couple of guys at the party who um were saying that they liked horror films and I said okay well then name a horror film yeah (laughs) like name a horror film please and thank you oh although in all fairness like one of them who I think is just lovely um he was listing some pretty legit horror films um and keep in mind this is a person that I became friends with even though I thought he was going to be a total bro like if you're not familiar with the Boston area, let me break it down for you. Okay. Very strong accents and it can go either way, right? Mm-hmm. You can have people who are very, very highly intellectual and you can have people who are total fools. Yeah. I was going for dirt bags, but like, you know what? All the, in the same, all in the same area. So essentially it's a city, right? It's a city. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure about this person because he was like very evidently like weightless and has like a short haircut and he just looks like he's from Boston and has the, the strong accent and then like a full sleeve of tattoos, but not like the kind that I investigated very thoroughly, just mm-hmm. the kind where I was like, those could be good or they could be, I'm an idiot and just like got them because I wanted them. And then in our very first conversation, I should have known better because my company like does an incredible job about having very thoughtful, fabulous individuals. But again, I just wasn't thinking about it. I was making assumptions based on appearance because I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this like very first conversation we had at a bar where people were like, we were several hours into drinking and he was talking about therapy and how it's so incredible and everyone should do it. And like, why can't people be more emotionally in tune and, but not in, but in like a very soft and gentle and lovely yeah. way. And I was like, oh, I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend really badly. So even they, I know he is precious. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I, even the people who liked horror films, like didn't know who I was yeah I'm guessing they were kind of like 
Yeah, I'm guessing it's more on like the indie side, maybe. Which I, I, I mean, I, mean I, I haven't watched Trick or Treat, but at least, but I know who Sam is. I like, like I've well, seen it. He was everywhere in Spirit Halloween. Like I went shopping at Spirit today, and he was everywhere. Yeah. So that's the thing. It is like, it is a B film horror film, like an anthology compilation mm-hmm. style movie, but that still somehow interweaves the stories, right? Like you see pieces of the other stories within the overall story. Um, and Sam is in every single story, yeah. like somewhere, like he is there for every single one. And I thought that, I mean, I understood the like evil scarecrow when I first got there. Um, because, you know, I had my hood down. So when I put the hood up and I was like brandishing the lollipop, which I did find, I did find the lollipop weapon and I bought it because of course I did because it was like $5 and I needed to have it. I felt like it was integral to the character, but it didn't look like an actual weapon. So nobody would be like feeling sus yeah. or unsafe when I rolled up with it. They were all fascinated by it, kept passing it around, but did not, um, did not really break any chords with anyone. Yeah. It's fine. I'm just afraid. But you looked fantastic, and I loved it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just feel like everybody should have seen that movie, especially because of that. It had Anna Paquin in it, and like she was huge at that time. Oh yeah, I, I saw that movie. she was on the the star list. Yes, it's probably really the only like star though. Not star list. I think it just meant the casting list. That's the word cast list. I honestly was just gonna run with it. You deserve to be heard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you generous, generous human being. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, how was your week? How was everything going? It's been good. Uh, we went, Ivy and I went to North Carolina over the weekend. I was a bridesmaid for my friend's wedding, and we had a couple shower that same night, so it was just kind of craziness, but it was a lot of fun. We missed seeing a lot of our friends out there. And um, it was really funny at Ivy, Ivy's parents hosted the party for us, which was really nice of them. And we were outside for most of the night and it was freezing. Like I forgot how freaking cold the weather can get. <laughs> <laughs> so we were at one point, we were all under blankets. We were all like snuggled under the blankets and just kind of talking and laughing. And Ivy's parents' house is kind of in a wooded area. So there are these giant trees and we kept hearing like walnuts or whatever nuts there were in those trees falling down and one of them hit the roof rolled down and hit Antonia in the face Ivy's little sister oh, no. and the poor thing like you can't prepare for it you just hear clock pop and it cracked open it was it was so scary poor thing she's okay she didn't bruise or anything but man <laughs> there's nothing worse than that like the nuts or the pine cones like falling on your head are the worst and if you've ever been to the Piedmont area of North Carolina which is basically the middle central area south yeah central area it's had they have longleaf pine trees where the pine needles are about like a foot and a half long mostly I forget and then they also have giant pine cones where even people from Charlotte would come in and grab these giant ass pine cones and be like, look at this, this is crazy. So <laughs> those falling on your head fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah. God. I don't know. I think it's like, I don't, I, it's not really the Southern part of the state. It's more central 
like yeah, maybe it, even a little more western because where we live was is the sand coast yeah which, and that's like I, central yeah south. it was like mostly central piedmont area yeah literally the sand hills where there's more sand than soil nothing grows there just pine trees and pine cones death just death but, from above but even with all that i think mean, i were like we forgot how green north carolina is there's so many trees and the one thing i fucking hate about texas is the trees here are very short they're they're still pretty tall i guess but comparatively like they don't block out the sun out here so you're blinded no matter where you go and I'm just like, oh, I miss this. I miss having trees towering above me. <laughs> I miss greenery. Oh, it was so nice. <laughs> well, did you, so like completely random tangent, but did you see that they're going to be trying to plant more native trees in Florida instead of palm trees? Because palm trees don't absorb carbon dioxide and they also don't provide shade. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Florida's like forget that we really need some more shade and some some more CO two absorption. Forget the palm trees. I don't care about your leisure. Right? <laughs> you need the shade. Oh my god! Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than fucking palm trees. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but also, it's just so weird, especially as somebody who grew up in New England and is now back in New England. Like to hear you say, "I forgot that there's so much green in North Carolina." Because I never would have thought, like, they, it, because if there aren't a lot of deciduous trees there. I, like, yeah. never think about that, but it's I mean, true. yeah, Comparatively moving, to Texas. Yeah, moving from Wyoming, um, the Teton Valley area, to Pinehurst, I was like, why is there, why are there no trees here? And now going back to North Carolina from Texas, I'm like, there's so many trees. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's so different. Dallas, if you ever come here, it's just like gray and concrete. Everything is gray and concrete. And I'm just like, sick okay, of it's not that bad. <laughs> it is really not that bad. The skyline is gray, except that we do have really nice sunrises and sunsets out here. I will give it that. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. like that sunset. When you and I were driving and I was like, it literally looks like a rainbow, an actual gradient rainbow down the sky to the skyline. That <laughs> was unreal. That's so pretty. Yeah. But we, we missed going to North Carolina. It was nice to see our friends. We got back on Sunday and we were exhausted. So we just napped like all day. And when I called you, you literally sounded like you were actually asleep. Yes. You were like, <laughs> <"Hello."> <laughs> You're like Hello. <laughs> oh Sleepy. And once we got back, I was like, oh, I'll go check the mail because I knew that I'd ordered my invitations and hopefully they'd been there by then. And my wedding invitations got stolen. Yay. Can't even believe that. This is why you can't have nice things. But like my thing is, okay, fine. You see a package in front of somebody's doorstep. Your first, whoever this person is, their first instinct is, let me take it there's either something really nice in there or something I can resell. You open it up and it's personalized invitations to a wedding. Who are you fucking going to resell that to? If that's your plan, then what the fuck are you going to do with that? And if you don't resell it, did they just toss it in the garbage because they're like, oh, fuck this shit. Why why would you not put that back and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't 
like I, I'm just so frustrated. It's whoever did that is a fucking asshole. Well, yeah, like let's kill them. Let's kill them, hundred percent. But also, um, they probably wouldn't put them back once they realize because one, now you know that somebody's tampered with it, and two, their fingerprints are probably on honestly. And these were the invitations that I had gotten because the company had fucked them up before. So this was their apology set. So I was just like, well, all right, I guess I'm just not going to try this anymore. (laughs) I guess I'm just done. My God. Let's kill them. Kill them all. So now I have new invitations. They should be in next week. (laughs) You poor thing. I'm so sorry. Wedding planning is stressful. So I've heard. So fucking stress. If you're planning on getting married or have gotten married, you will know. So yeah. So a nightmare on cool. Elm Street was perfect for this week. Um, perfect for this week. Perfect for like my whole life. Honestly, yeah. I need to know your thoughts. Let's start with Abby because she's never seen it before, and we all know how I feel. So um let's start with Abby thoughts and did you like it okay so my thoughts are here on my phone and these are all of them (laughs) (laughs) on my notes it's just I I can literally scroll through my notes as I was watching this movie I was so into it there (laughs) yes bottom line I do really like this movie however if I had been if I had ever seen this growing up, it would have given me nightmares, literal, actual, tangible nightmares. Where I, I would never stop thinking about this movie. Where I'm super glad that I watched it now. I'm glad I did not watch it growing up <laughs> because that was actually super terrifying in certain parts of it. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so funny because I like, I feel the same I feel the same way in certain aspects right like when I watched it as a young person I of course was a preteen when I watched Mm -hmm. I was not a jag um I thought it was I thought it was scary and well done but now watching it I'm like dear god it's so cheesy and the acting is so bad I know (laughs) but it's nice watching it now as an adult where I I can see I'm like in tune enough with my child self where I'm like you would have been very upset with this and I'm very glad that you did not seek this movie out until you were ready <laughs> like truly honestly because this would have hurt me in a way growing up because it is so well done and the nightmares would have been so real to me I think one of the most visceral nightmares that this two two scenes where I was like that would have actually fucked me up was the bathtub scene and then the going up the stairs that would have yes. absolutely ruined me. And I would have never taken a bath again. I would have never, I would have been so scared of carpeted stairs. Actual fears. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny that you say that because that's my first thought too when you said the realism of the of the nightmares. And I was like, the stairs. Like that was my first thought. It's the stairs. I know. And it was really, I, I liked watching it because. I guess I I could see how like there was a part of me part of me that was like trying trying to think in a way of a critique where it's like well these people are really stupid they're just running away and they're running really weird and slow and the other part of me was like no 
this is a dream. And that's how you run in dreams. And it's so scary because you always feel like you're running super fast and you're trying to get away, but no, you're not going anywhere and you're not going anywhere fast. And then there's this lanky fucker flying behind you. like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yes. So very succinctly put, um, I also realized that we didn't, we didn't do a synopsis. So, um, First and foremost, like mad spoilers. Uh, luckily, there have not really been any spoilers um, up until this point, like magically. Um, <laughs> no. <but laughs> spoiler central, just so you know. Um, so long story short, this is a movie about a group of teens who start having very realistic, very terrifying nightmares, particularly centered around a figure who we eventually learn is called Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger wears a green and red striped sweater, a very odd bowler hat, and um, <laughs> knives for fingers. It's essentially just gloves that have sharpened knives attached to them. Um, and he ultimately uh, goes through and starts murdering all of them um, through their dreams uh, when we find out later on in the film that Fred Krueger had been a child murderer and potential pedophile who escaped real justice. So the parents uh, enacted some vigilante justice and burned him to death. Now his ghost, his corpse, his poltergeist, his whatever is haunting (laughs) the kids through their dreams to get back at um, the families for, you know, murdering him essentially. And uh, yeah, it, it all culminates with good old Nancy yeah, good old Nancy. I fucking love Nancy so much. That girl has my heart, honestly. She's, I love how, how we can probably get into this a little bit later since it would be nice to start from the beginning. But the, like, one of her first instincts is, I'm going to fight this fucker. Like, you know, the first couple of nightmares, you're, you're running, you're scared. But after a while, she's like, I'm fucking tired of running. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to drag his ass out into the real world and I will kill him. And I love yeah. that. As a 16 year old, <laughs> I would have never, I would, I would have just been like, all right, I'm done. I mean, you <laughs> What's the me. point? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you remember me at 16. I would have been a Nancy, but yeah. Because I was also literally fighting demons. We were talking about um, zombies uh, in a friend group, and it was like, "What would you do?" You know that classic question: "What would you do if there are zombies?" And Denny and I were both like, "I'm not gonna fight it. Like, there's no fucking way I can run away or fight anything. Just lie down and accept your fate. I don't like. There's I'm I am not the kind of person who has that sort of self preservation. I would just be like, "All right, I'm done. I'm fucking done." <laughs> I have zero self-preservation in that sense. So I'm like, I'm, it's not worth the energy. (laughs) Um, I agree. See, well, I don't know. I, I always find it interesting and I love this movie for a variety of reasons. Um, but I found it interesting that when I watched it this time, I was like, Nancy is super annoying. And then you know, at the end of, like, I remember loving her. I remember thinking she was a bad ass bitch and I was behind her a hundred percent watching this as a, as a preteen. 
and now watching it, I'm like, dear God, she's annoying. Her voice is so whiny. Why is she like this? Why is the melodrama? The acting is so terrible. But she's still a badass bitch when it comes to like, I'm going to trap him. I'm going to kill him. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Like Nancy, um, the character's choices are very good. The actress, probably not so much. <laughs> but I'll give her a pass because she was young and she was, it was an old film. I don't know. She was young and this is the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's like the only descriptor we can give. Exactly. But no, this this um, is such a fun movie. Like, I love that the start had the opening scene was just like how Freddie sharpening his knives and how he made them. And it seemed very like mm-hmm. B-roll movie footage where it was like, oh, somebody's literally making this in their basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do like that. The, I did. Wow. Words mm-hmm. are hard. Um, I did like how they did that. Um, and I do like that they incorporate a little bit of the backstory so that you have some context going in because this is, well, this is a traditional horror film in that you open to action and you open to essentially like a near murder or a pretty a murder pretty early on um we don't get a true glimpse of the villain until a solid 20 to 30 minutes in mm-hmm. to the movie which is you know like I said some traditional tropes wherein you get that like opening scare um but also some non-traditional tropes of like the slasher series um so it, it, it incorporates some of that old school dread um, by the fact that you don't really see the true villain right away like you see the outline of him with his like noodle arms like you mentioned like yeah. following her he's Tina, in the shadow. Tina and yeah she just see the shadow of him with his noodle arms uh when he's chasing Tina in her first dream but you don't actually see him, his face, anything like really distinctively characteristic about him that we know about Freddie. Like, you know, now the red and green sweater is iconic, iconic, but, you know, at the time we don't see any of that. We just see like a creepy figure where you're like, oh, that is just a bad dreamer. It could be a creature. It could be whatever. It could be mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. The, this movie, uh, I don't, I didn't make a note of it because it was so present in my head the entire time. Is that this movie literally understood what dread is, especially in a dreamlike context? Because if you've ever had a nightmare, you know it's like that feeling of like I can't get away, or there's something in your subconscious that knows something bad is going to happen to you. You were, you like your body's already tensing up. You're ready for it. There's something extremely bad, and this movie understood that Wes Craven understood this in a way that made it tangible and I think that is the one of the most commendable things that a director could ever do where I was I wasn't expecting to go into this movie getting scared and yet I was curled up on the couch like oh my god <laughs> it, was, it was actually very scary yeah I mean conceptually it's frightening right like mm-hmm. sleep is as a human sleep is something you cannot avoid mm-hmm you can evade a murderer you can evade like i don't know bugs or lions or whatever like you can escape to other humans you cannot avoid going to sleep no and you it can is, see like how it degenerates nancy from the inside out and how her the circles under eyes get deeper and deeper and she's constantly drinking coffee and she's just like not entirely there 
and that's the thing she does turn manic like she gets more and more manic as time goes on and you and I sitting here are very sleep deprived and exhausted we can relate (laughs) I can 100% as somebody who has taken um like and anti-anxiety meds or Dramamine and other um, anti-nodules like when you're trying to stay awake when your body wants nothing other than to sleep it is horrible so bad it's horrible especially since I watched this movie while I was exhausted from a long trip and I, I I did take a little bit of a nap but I was still I'm still very tired and I was just like do I want to go to sleep ever again? <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> Do I want to sleep ever again? Yeah. I'm no, like Alexia and I talk all the time, basically in every episode so far about dread and this movie really, truly, I think better than anything I've ever watched got dread. It brought the dread. You can't Honestly, escape you can't escape sleep. And when you fall asleep, you can't escape him. Yeah. It's inevitable. And I, I mean, so for those of you who don't know, this is my favorite classic horror film. I've said it. I mean it. <laughs> I, I, I said it. I mean it. As much as I love Poltergeist and Psycho and The Exorcist, like Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite classic horror film. And obviously it was popular enough that it spawned a mad franchise. Um, and I had this argument actually with a guy at the party as you <laughs> um do. in case we're, yeah as you do and also in case anybody was curious like my my company is more more male identifying into these individuals than female or non-binary or gender fluid individuals um it is still primarily cisgendered male oriented despite mm-hmm. the fact that we have a great ratio like there's still a lot of dudes <laughs> and um and you know, when I was arguing with one guy about like Freddy versus Jason, and he was like, I don't know, I played hockey, so like the mask, it's so cool, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree vehemently <laughs> at this moment for a variety of reasons, and you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Maybe, I mean, I guess opinion isn't technically wrong, but I'm going to tell you that you know, Jason just was getting revenge and he wasn't even the true villain in his first movie. Also, spoilers, right? He was not the true villain in his first movie. Um, and I was like, look, Jason's just here to enact some revenge on mm-hmm. some people who are assholes to him and like probably deserves it. I mean, not the kids, but like, you know, I understand where his motivations come from. All right, Freddie is just evil. He just likes killing children. And yes, he's enacting revenge, but like, he's here to kill people. Even before he died, he was a child murderer and potential pedophile. Like, he was already bad. And then he gets burned alive and he's just now a sadistic, dream-hopping asshole. Like, (laughs) Like, he is just, like, Jason is supernaturally gifted and like traumatized from childhood whereas freddie is just an evil piece of shit uh, yeah like there are two sides of this revenge coin and it's it's not good either way but their motivations are entirely different one has a foundation and one does not 
mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. Um, does it go does, does it really go off the rails especially when we're thinking about like Jason X or Jason's in space like yeah it goes off the rails it does like, <laughs> yeah and Freddy versus Jason is just like a literal wild ride <laughs> okay <laughs> but like all those things notwithstanding the original Nightmare on Elm Street is so well done in that it it does it plays upon that that dread it has a badass final girl mm-hmm. who isn't just a final girl by circumstance she is a final girl by pure badassery (laughs) um and also slight mania for not sleeping forever um and it honestly has some of the best special effects of a classic Mm -hmm. horror film because like he you know freddie's literally like cutting off his fingers he's slicing open his belly and there's maggots spilling Mm -hmm. out and it's just it was just really well done the effects were visceral visceral yes they are that moment where he like slices open his belly you know you're not expecting it and I remember at the time being grossed out and I'd forgotten about it and even this time I was like oh oh god (laughs) something about skin like there's something about skin I can handle like blood I can handle oh yeah and there's a I think like took off his face his face like literally came off and yeah she like rips on it and it just like also speaking of tina this movie really set me up in the first you know 10 minutes or whatever making me think that tina was going to be the final girl it it really did that switcheroo because you really think that oh okay you know the movie it's like a, a bunch of horny teens johnny depp is literally like super sad that he's not getting to bone his girlfriend he literally goes morality sucks <laughs> <laughs> they set it up like you open up getting to know tina first she's the one who is like obsessed with this nightmare that she had and is trying to get everybody else to be like no tell me what's going on and you're like okay maybe it's her nope <laughs> it was nancy her yeah um this is the definitely the introduction of not the introduction because i think um i can't remember Friday the 13th came out before this one or around the same time but it's a generalized trope in slasher particularly slasher horror films that the second you have sex there's the murderer surprise um and this this film definitely does that um as soon as her boyfriend came in he I hate her boyfriend Rod, um, but as soon as and they went upstairs and they started having very loud and very fake sex, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, she's gonna die." <laughs> I, <got it. laughs> I, I know. It, my notes literally say "sex equals death" uh, <laughs> because I needed to make a point to to reference that. And I actually, believe it or not, I wrote an entire thesis paper on this in college and incorporated. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Halloween into the paper. Yeah. Because it's like clockwork. Like, the second they, they bone, it's immediate death. Like, literal murder. There you go. Yeah. And it was just like, I, I hated Rod. I, he, my, one of my notes goes, he's not funny. Like, he was, he was literally, his introduction is him pranking the other teens and, like, scaring them to death. And I'm like, he's not funny. And then he starts being very rapey towards his fucking ex-girlfriend slash making out with his with her with tina then they get back together or whatever and i was like this just i hate him i hate him so much why are you sleeping with him (laughs) (laughs) 
I was just over here like those jokes are so bad. How could you be attracted to? I could never be attracted to somebody who like isn't at least slightly subtle with their provocative statements. Yeah, he was just very much like in your face. We're having sex now, and then it. I was like back in the day when you're a teenager and you think. You can just say we're not going to fight anymore and that's that and the end of everything and everything's resolved and it's like oh boy if only you would live to learn that doesn't solve anything <laughs> it helps nothing but um one nothing. of <laughs> my note after that was like the horny teens all caps question marks <laughs> i was not i was not ready for the horniness of these teenagers but um <laughs> Oh, as soon as they fall asleep after Tina and Rod have sex, um, everybody's trying to fall asleep and they pan over to Nancy in the bed and Freddie starts going through the ceiling. He's like pressing up against oh. the ceiling and pushing it. He doesn't quite breach through it. And I was like, this is such a good effect. Like how fucking scary is that? <laughs> I know. It's like him slowly broaching her mind. No, it's just like pushing against that membrane to her subconscious. I, like. I felt like it was a great sense of foreshadowing, but also just an incredible shot. Yeah. And they kept alluding, like they kept bringing up the cross. And I was like, the crucifix. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. is that supposed to do anything? They never, it never really comes that much into play. I feel like there were some religious things with like white purity and um eventually there's yeah. blue is a like a, a virginal mary kind of thing but it's just like god doesn't help you <laughs> in this scenario you are yeah. on your own <laughs> yeah i mean and it's part of the little rhyme right like it's uh one two freddy's coming for you three four better lock your door five six grab your crucifix seven eight better stay up late nine ten never sleep again Oof. i hate it sleep again hates it hates it loves it yeah yeah the like little children's rhyme like incorporating something into a literal children's rhyme that's spooky as shit like i don't think we really appreciate how truly spooky that is because children can be spooky children yeah, do spooky I, things say spooky things yeah that became a pretty heavy trope in more modern horror that i've known re- noticed like just from tv ads that i've seen a lot of horror movies will incorporate singing children to give it a creepy effect, but it's all mm-hmm. nursery rhymes that we've heard before and songs that we've heard before. This one, I think, is the first one I've heard where it was a song specifically written for the scenario, which I think is much yeah. more creepy. I think the perversion of anything innocent is always creepy and unsettling, and it just feels wrong. Mm-hmm. No matter... I do love that it was written specifically for this and that they like even Tina's like, you remember that rhyme <laughs> when they're uh, in the in the car on the way to school yeah. <laughs> right before Rod so rudely interrupts them with his anyway. Rodness. Um yeah, I wasn't even I went to say something and I was like, I'm just gonna keep that to myself. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> 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 Perfect. Um, but yeah, and she's like, do you remember that rhyme? And they're all like, what? No. Um, but it is, it's a perversion of the innocence. And of course, with him being a child murderer, that in itself makes him the, the greatest devil that ever lived. And here we are. I thought it was very poignant in the very end where, you know, they're in that 
delightful dream sequence and there's the little girls jumping mm-hmm. up and it's like they're the ones who died like they're those are the the poor little kids that he did end up murdering when he was alive and they're forever stuck here it's, it's, it's basically it's not heaven and it's not an afterlife it's just like freddy's dream world where he gets to do whatever he wants i yeah wow um i think that's another thing that they did incredibly well with this film in particular is the, the transition or lack thereof from waking to sleeping yes. um I think that because that's truly how it happens, right? Like one minute you're watching TV and the next minute you're waking up four hours later, like what happened? <laughs> um, but it, it is, it, it just happens like that. And all of a sudden you're asleep and things are happening. And I, I think that happens a lot in dreams too, where it feels so realistic that you don't, it doesn't really factor in that you're sleeping. You're unable to dissociate from that dream. You're just, you're in it. Oh, yeah. uh, your subconscious is dragging you by the leg mm-hmm. through whatever it is that's happening. And it's very hard to be cogent enough to be like, I am dreaming and I need to wake up now. Oh, yeah. um, even like that sequence where um, Nancy wants to have her boyfriend whose name for some reason completely escapes me. Um, hey, where is it? Um, it's Johnny Depp. I just like, I've always called him Johnny Depp. Um, fun fact, it's, this is also Johnny Depp. First he was he was so cute yeah he's adorable anyway so um when she tells him she wants him to keep a lookout or follow her or whatever and you know she's running down the street and she calls back and he like peeks his head around from, a, from around a tree and she's like okay cool and then like at one point she turns around and he's not there anymore theoretically he was never there with her because she's been dreaming the whole time but when she like reaches out she knows that he's a awake and then all of a sudden he's not in her dream sequence anymore because she's asleep so I was over here like is Nancy telekinetic like what is happening not telekinetic because that would be moving things with her mind but like is she telepathic mm-hmm. what is happening how is she aware I mean I know it's a dream so we're and it's a horror film right right like we have to suspend disbelief pretty much constantly <laughs> in the movie but I thought that that was incredible they did an incredibly good job about that mm-hmm. um throughout the whole movie and then well into the climactic uh finale that left it open for exactly and have you ever had sleep paralysis um i don't know i've had very intense lucid dreams and i've woken up where like i was too scared to move i don't know if i was actually experiencing sleep paralysis i think i was just there was um one night and um if you look at my bedroom this might be too much information but my side of the bed kind of is nearer to the door and I remember in a dream there was like a little boy there and I turned my head and I'm in my bedroom so it's almost like lucid dreaming I turned I physically did turn my head and I looked over and there was a little boy there standing on the side of my bed looking at me and it's just that strange it's the weirdest feeling because it was horrifying this creepy little eight-year-old looking boy and he's just standing there and in my brain I'm like anticipating him reaching out to me or saying something and I can't physically move and Ivy can't hear anything he's sleeping right next to me and I'm terrified and it's it's the weirdest fucking feeling (laughs) when you're like oh this is what sleep paralysis is where I can't move 
and my brain is screaming and this person is either real or not real and I can't tell <laughs> so yeah th- this movie did such a good job of like you it blurred the lines truly truly yeah and the thing is like that what you're describing is literally my nightmare mm-hmm. it was it is truly my nightmare I am ugh. I can I can picture him right now just like thinking about him just standing literally right where my chair is just looking at me in the bed nope <laughs> <laughs> nope for me <laughs> I'm good I think I'm good yeah it was there are a lot of these dream sequences like it's like the universal fear of you know you're going somewhere and you get trapped or you're running down a hallway and you can't run fast enough yeah and it was a very it's funny I used too where I was like oh shit there's a lot of blood here <laughs> yes it is a very bloody movie um it does remind me a lot of dreams I used to have as a child where I would be running from some unnamed evil but I could feel it at my back and it was always about protecting Leah or saving Leah and there was one dream where we were in the house in Massachusetts and um we were out playing in the yard or like in the street, you know, as we did, we had a neighborhood full of kids. So we were always playing. So anyway, we were playing out and like the dream was we were playing out in the street and all of a sudden a shadow passed overhead. And I like knew something terrible was coming. And I like ran with Leah to back to our house. And I like forced her up the stairs and inside. And I was trying to follow her <laughs> up the stairs. And I felt myself get like shot in the back. I don't know. It was just like a zing in the back. And then I woke up. Um, I know, I know, I know. But I always had so all sorts of dreams like that where like I would be saving Leah and a lot of the time I did not make it. It was very upsetting. Um, so I can't like this preyed upon my insecurities of being unable to control my own oh, yeah. body. It's when you just are like, I'm out of control and I can't wake up and I can't do anything. The inevitable is upon me. And Freddie is inevitable. Because it, it's like that point where you you might be in, it looks like your world, but it, you're in his world whenever you fall asleep. But he has control over everything. Yeah. I think that is also the scary part where you may think you're running as fast as you can away from him. But I think the reality is like, quote unquote, reality is he could always catch up to you. He could always just pop right in front of you and be there. He's just letting you think that you have some control over it Yikes. yeah <laughs> Yikes. um okay well <laughs> on that horrifying note um I wow um once upon a time when I was a teenager I only remember because I'm pretty sure I watched this while uh we were living in North Carolina which means I was at least 15 uh, so I was at least 15 and I was watching a the making of mm-hmm. um documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street and um I loved all like I said I think that this movie has some of the best special effects for like an older film especially an 80s film where like they tend they went they regressed a little bit and got like cheesier and sillier and more like please suspend disbelief because this is going to be a ridiculous movie um, and I'm sure, I, I mean, I'm sure they didn't intend that at the time, but here we are. So I feel like um, 
they did an incredible job with the special effects, particularly scenes like um, when the when the um, sheet is wrapping around Rod's neck. Yes. Um, because you because you watch Nancy watch you 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 watch Nancy watching Rod when uh, Freddie grabs the sheet and starts pulling it up, and you you see that happening in the special effects, but you obviously no longer see. Freddie's hand guiding the sheet you watch the sheet grow and then twist and slowly wrap its way around Rod's neck and I actually felt like it was pretty well done oh my god that's incredible where I I was sitting there like how the fuck are they doing this I know um I do think he died like way too fast they like he's barely strung up there and all of a sudden he's dead and I was like what you just ruined it you ruined the good special effects like the intense blood fest that tina died in it was very like oh okay i guess he just hung himself in prison i don't know (laughs) yeah but that's the thing like the whole time they're having that conversation this is all happening he was not up hanging up there long enough to die no like it was all hang themselves all the time and if they're yeah people hang themselves all the time not all the time but like people hung themselves where people were able to get them down and they live yeah and weren't damaged permanently. Like, I'm sure there are people who've been damaged permanently, but like, if it's possible for somebody to hang themselves and somebody to get them down in plenty of time for them to be okay, like, Rod was not there up there long enough to be dead. And like, purple the way that he was. I was like, oh, he yeah, looks he like he's been dead for like a day. Yeah, no rigor mortis had even set in at all. He was, it was literally seconds. And it, it just, it felt like a different death compared to the other ones that we see earlier and later on because Glenn gets a very bloody death as well Tina's is very bloody the way that Nancy is ravaged is also very gory and then Rod just Rod the worst of the teenagers the horniest of the teenagers and the most I would say abusive of the teenagers gets kind of like this feels very insensitive kind of like a free pass of just being hanged and not torn and shredded to pieces you know it's not you don't get the gentlest death yeah and it's also a death where the other ones the police are like what the actual fuck happened where rods is just like oh yeah he's in prison he hanged himself typical you know (laughs) like yeah he he just Um, their only conclusion to that was he just doesn't want to admit that he killed his girlfriend so of course he killed himself and the other deaths are like, we can't explain this. This is crazy. <laughs> Sorry, it was just your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree. I think, like, so to combine the deaths plus my comment about the special effects, um, Glenn, thank you for saying Glenn, because I was like, what is Tony Depp's character? Glenn, Glenn's character. Glenn's death. Um, the blood fest spurting from the center of the bed. My God, my favorite. That is my favorite horror movie death. Oh my God. What, what an extreme, first of all. Like, what an extreme. Secondly, the way that they do it, I literally, like I said, I watched the documentary where they actually had, a, had built a room that they then had, like, on this thing that flipped it upside down to spray the blood out 
Because did they do that? Oh, cool. Death because she was on the ceiling. They were like dragging her across the ceiling. So was that a yeah. thing where it was just the upside down? Yep. Yep. So they had the, um, yep, they had the room that they built to just be able to 360, um, <laughs> which I just think is fantastic, um, especially for the 80s. Like so innovative, so amazing. Sorry, I'm like geeking out real hardcore about this, but <laughs> I can't help myself. Yes, I can't help myself. The the spewing of the because it made the blood spewing out look so realistic because it's really eruptive mm-hmm. and okay. not like <laughs> right and it, it reacts very realistically and also the fact that they just have like a, like a room that's fun and they can do <laughs> so many things with it and again I know that I know that this is like has been done many times since then but it was so innovative for that time and you're just thinking like what kind of amazing creative human being thought hey we're gonna have blood spread out of this bed we're just gonna flip the whole fucking thing upside down and we're gonna do it that way like we're that we're just gonna pre- literally build that on screen <laughs> yeah we're gonna take the astronaut we're gonna take the like astronauts training uh apparatus to a whole new level and we're gonna make a <laughs> horror film with it and it's gonna be great <laughs> We're gonna make this super intense and insane. <laughs> I know, and of course, I'm like over here gesturing wildly, like <laughs> obviously not evident on a podcast. But I, I just thought it was so fantastic, especially as a teenager. No, I was thinking this is the coolest shit I've ever seen, and especially because you're like, there's no fucking way any one person has that much blood in them. What the fuck did this guy do? <laughs> The thing is, like, humans do have that much blood in them. Humans have a lot of blood in them. Not that much, because that went on for at least 30, 45 seconds of just gushing, bursting water. But that must have been at least 50 gallons worth. Or, oh, or, uh, I can't gauge depth, and I can't gauge anything. But that was gallons and gallons and gallons of red liquid all over the place. And then it's just like from the ceiling as the cops walk in, they're like, hmm, weird. (laughs) Cops were the worst. Nancy's dad is the worst. I hated him so fucking much. I'm like, can you at least be useful as a father? Because you're sure as hell not useful as a cop. (laughs) Oh, it's 500 gallons. Okay, you can't see that. Off by a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I had to. Over the course of filming A Nightmare on Elm Street, more than 500 gallons of blood were used. Um, a lot of this is undoubtedly used for the scene in which a young Johnny Depp is sucked into his bed and violently mutilated by it. And Thank you, know you internet. Glenn's biggest sin, like Tina's sin was having sex. Rod's sin was being an asshole. Glenn's sin was falling the fuck asleep when his girlfriend asked him not to. <laughs> you literally just, have one job and you keep fucking it up. <laughs> The best is she's like, you bastard. But I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, she, I'm like, this is your boyfriend? This is a very aggressive language, my friend. Oh, I, I would be so frustrated with him too. And he doesn't learn no, his lesson too. after that. He's just like, okay, I get this. I'll do yeah. better. No. But he did rock that crop top. Okay, I literally have that in my notes. I was like, oh man, back when boys wear crop tops. We need to bring that back for the boys. Boys, it's okay to wear crop tops. <laughs> it is way okay to wear crop tops. Please do it. <laughs> yes. 
so amazing. Like, literally so amazing. I think one of my um, favorite quotes regarding Johnny Depp's character was when Nancy's like, well, they're talking about how to kill Freddie when she's like, I'll bring him out of my dream. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do once he's out here? And she's like, you're a jock. You hit him with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> he looks at her stupidest face because all his brains is just hair. <laughs> I mean, it's a gorgeous head of hair. So, you know, there is that. Wes Craven cast Johnny Depp because his daughter thought he was hot. Aww. She wasn't wrong. I love that. Uh, Wes Craven was unsure casting the director when he saw his grungy look in his headshot. However, Craven's daughter saw the headshot and said that Depp was dreamy. So Craven realized he didn't know what teenage girls were into and cast him in the film. Was like, there was something I was listening to that was something similar. Oh, it was about James Franco in Freaks and Geeks because the casting directors, apparently they um, sent out this request that they wanted very average teenager to play this role in this tv show and james mm-hmm. franco they chose him and they were like man this kid's fucking ugly as shit like this will be great he's just a very average looking dude and apparently as soon as the yeah. show came out all of the female audience members were like oh he's hot so the casting directors were like what the fuck is hot to teenagers we don't know anything they thought he was ugly <laughs> they thought That's he was amazing. the ugliest bastard they'd seen <laughs> i mean like here's the thing here's the thing um i think that while like james franco is had his payday like he had moments of being very hot he is also more average yeah than the than the like dreamboat hollywood actor yeah and boy is he ugly as shit now for being a, a predator yeah, fuck him. We hate him. We do not stand James Franco. He is a bastard. I'm sorry. When, when even your, when even your former best friend Seth Rogen is like, nah, man, I'm not into it anymore. Like that's when you run. Like that's when you know you. Yeah, Seth Rogen was bad. like, oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was like, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> that's when you know you like, really hit rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, that that is the sign, sir, that you as a human yeah but I, um, I was looking at one of my notes and I'm just so glad that I wrote it down because I wrote down home alone murder edition <laughs> <laughs> she's like setting up booby traps around the house which I watched it and I was like this is what Alexi and I were talking about with your next and she's like you need to watch all of these movies so that you can understand these references because in your next if you listen to our episode about it the main character Aaron is setting up booby traps around the house to like catch the killer so now uh, watching Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm like, I get it. Now I understand. <laughs> They're booby <Yes>. traps. <laughs> They're booby traps. I know. I was. It's funny. I was watching a bunch of the like stereotype breaking or like amusing stereotype movies. Um, and then of course I was listening to Jenny and Greg's. Uh, of we're fun fact, our friends over at Movies for When did their their, was it their very first episode or their second episode where it was like movies were when you want a self-aware scare oh yeah for their halloween series um yeah i think it was their first one that was when you want a self-aware scare i think so too so i was listening to it the other day and of course they covered screen and cabin in the woods because of course and you know they also covered funny games but like whatever um but i was thinking about because screen is 
my other favorite horror film. So like that's my favorite horror film overall. And then um, I have two others, obviously, because you know me, I can't pick just one. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it and I was like, I want to watch all these movies with Abby, but we need to go back to the beginning so she understands all of the references. Like we need to watch so many films before you can watch stuff like that because it just doesn't make sense. Point being, um, I'm glad that some of the references are starting to like line up and um, and be conjoined with other films that we've watched. Um, I think they really still really played into like the sexualized theme of the 80s because I was thinking about that super sexualized shot of her in the bathtub with mm-hmm. the knife fingers. Like I don't know about you, but when I'm in the bathtub, like my legs are under the water so that yeah. I can get the most out of the bath. Like I do not have my legs splayed open like I am ready for business. Like it was just a lot. No. That part was a lot. Um, and like, yeah, him like reaching <laughs> up between her legs with the knives. Why? <laughs> what purpose did that serve? What purpose did it serve? Because he like, could have just, been... just like grabbed her by an ankle and dragged her down, but they they had to do that, you know, like super sexualized right between the legs shot. So, and I'm like, why is it that my vagina always has to be threatened? Right? Why? Why can't why? we leave her alone? She she's going through a lot already. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that? That why is that the first thing in that that film? Like, yes, she could have just been enjoying a really lovely bath. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she's yanked underwater because she's accidentally fallen asleep rather than us having a shot of her falling asleep and then the fingers coming up. Yeah. Like, yeah, we get it. She fell asleep. Therefore, she's prey. Okay. Like, <laughs> you could have easily just continued with that really good sequence of you having her not realizing she's fallen asleep mm-hmm. or being shocked because she's fallen asleep and he's about to attack. Yeah, Exactly. FFS. They were they were just like, no, we're gonna go in this direction with it. And it's like you don't have to. <laughs> you do realize you don't yeah. have to. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um. Yeah, I like that I have a note in here that's like, I can't tell if I like the mom or not. And then I was like, oh, I don't like the mother at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the mom the whole way through because again, she was even more melodramatic than Nancy was. was and her hair was a fucking mess the entire time. It too. was! Like, I don't know, what, who styled her hair? There was one scene where it looked fine, but the rest of the time it was like a fucking rat's nest eating her head. And I was, there was that one scene where they were at the clinic and they were talking to the doctor and, you know, Nancy has her nightmare and she brings Freddie's hat back. And I thought in that moment, okay, mom gets it. She's going to start believing Nancy because this is absolutely bizarre. They've actually witnessed something that they can't explain. So you have to be on your daughter's side after that, right? No, apparently not. Apparently you just have to keep calling your daughter a lunatic and drink an entire bottle of vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I literally loved when Nancy like called her mom out on her alcoholism. Oh my god, that was um, amazing. Like, I think there was one note where I was like, Jesus, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I think I wrote, um, I think I wrote, uh, solid call out on her mother's alcoholism. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I wrote, 
I wrote hashtag screw sleep so melodramatic, but <laughs> great call solid call out on her mother's alcoholism. Right. Oh my I god. Miss, uh, the mom's hair is all over the goddamn place. That <laughs> 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 is so annoying. <laughs> my god. Um that is amazing. <laughs> I just I just love I just love how cheesy some of the acting was. Like when mm-hmm. the dad's like, we need to get her some help and or no, we need to get her some, I don't know, something. And mom's like, I've got something better. I did to get some help. Yes. And I'm like, okay, you're sitting here. I'm like, okay, wow. So she just drives wow. her to a sleep clinic. <laughs> I know, I know. And then she lights up a cigarette in the sleep clinic. And I was like, oh man, the 80s where you could just smoke in the doctor's office. God damn it. I think we noticed that anywhere. where she just smoked me in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I made a note about how her mother like melodramatically lights a cigarette when Nancy mm-hmm. comes home to find the bars on the window. <laughs> and then, I was I thinking about like, that. The terrible drunken acting of the mother when she's like on the couch and she's like, I'm wasted and you're stuck here forever. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it is sad sorry I just like finally got a text back about the candy and yeah anyway um I just yeah the mother like whoever that actress is wow just wow she she was dedicated Um, to her craft at least that's all I can say the thing is I want to know like did a teenager help write the screenplay because like the way the mother acts and the interactions between the teenage daughter and how like oppressive her mother is like feel like they were written by a teenager god mom you don't believe me when I'm saying I'm gonna be murdered in my sleep yeah by the person that you readily admitted that you also murdered (laughs) right she like the fact that her mother like withheld that information it was like so I did something kind of weird a few years ago. Um, burned a man alive. To be fair, he was killing kids. But this is who that is. And also, I still don't believe you. Glad we have this chat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't understand how you managed to find the like a photo or evidence of the exact profile of the man I murdered 20 years ago, but uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it wasn't 20 years ago, whatever, but her mom keeps the fucking glove in the furnace in the basement. I know, like what? I'm talking, now she seems like the serial killer who's keeping trophies. I'm just saying. Maybe, uh, yeah, we don't know her mom's backstory at all. They probably never get into it in the sequels. I don't know. Uh, great question. I honestly don't remember. I only really remember Dream Warriors because that was by far my favorite sequel. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. I also think one of my favorite scenes is when, I think it was right after Nancy got pulled into the bathtub and she's like, oh, I'm fine and whatever. So she goes over to the cabinet, takes out these pills that say, literally say, stay awake pills on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> my note was like, this is the exact opposite of Bella Swan drinking a bottle of NyQuil in Twilight. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Just stay awake. <laughs> anyway i i agree abby 
be like it's just I remember I have a note I think um I have a note somewhere uh, of the pills <laughs> just being like yay before product placement was like uber generic the literally um, printed off of my computer and stuck on there with duct tape <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so perfect. Um, I also like have a comment. I like had a huge comment where I I remember her looking at herself in the mirror and being aghast at how tired she looks, but I forgot that she says, Oh god, I look 20 years old. And I was like, 20 years old? Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 part of the script was written by a 16 year old i'm telling you i think wes craven not only consulted on his daughter like consulted with his daughter on johnny depp but also like maybe let her write some of the probably I'm just- help <laughs> oh my god that's so fucking funny <laughs> yeah the horror the straight the horror on her face combined with the horror on my face for two very different reasons but my favorite thing that happened in this movie where somebody gets the white streak in their hair and I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I, I have it in my notes about the way I said the white streak in her hair. Oh, I forgot about that. Like, I was so excited. Was like, yes. yes. That was like, oh, yes. So good. I love that all of those films around that time had that happen. It was like, oh, you're so scared. Like other films are like, oh, you're so, I guess the modern film, more modern films are like 2000 films are like, oh, I'm so scared that I throw up. Mm-hmm. And 80s films were like, so scared that you get a white streak in your hair. Right. Between Poltergeist and Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, even with Rogue, her being tortured and getting the white streak in her hair in X-Men, like, it's a classic. You got to show your trauma every woman. now. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag trauma. Every woman gets a white streak in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abby's like, give me the power. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could just be like those people who, was it, it was a trend mm-hmm. in the last, what, five to ten years where you like, women were putting like gray or white streaks oh in yeah their hair. i think it was a trend last year too during quarantine because a lot of teens on tiktok would bleach just the front parts of their hair which is so 90s early 2000s it hurts wow. it's like frosted tips all over again mm-hmm. but just, just the um, streaks no i hate that i literally hate that so tacky um anywho Sorry. Uh, yeah, the comment about being 20 years old. Dear God. Um, I also really love just, I love the soundtrack to this. And it's funny, at the Halloween party, at, oh my God, I keep hiccuping, excuse me. At the Halloween party on Sunday, they were playing spooky music in the background. Um, I shouldn't say holiday, I can say Halloween. It's just, there are no, there isn't multiple holidays, it's Halloween. So um, they were playing, you know, soundtracks and things in the back. And the second the Nightmare on Elm Street one came on, I was like, oh, hear it. 
but I just love the smooth jazz instrumental like Mm -hmm. beginning to the dreamscape sequence and I was like perfect oh chef's kiss so good I love it yeah the, the music was really good it really got you into the realm of like is this real or is this fake or you know it, it kind of enhanced the, the score definitely enhanced the mood that the mo- movie was trying to convey I agree they do a great job with sound on this one it's iconic but not ridiculous mm-hmm. like the Friday the 13th like that one is eventually just comical whereas the Nightmare on Elm Street one every time I was like oh he's got little spooky music (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah very spooky music I was here for it I did love oh god I I had his name and it's gone now um the Robert Englund like he had such a fun time being this character and you can tell he still enjoys it like I've seen um a lot of like him being at comic cons and like press releases and he's still so thrilled that he's like people love me (laughs) he loves it he was such a good villain and he very evidently loves it because he really like that unsettling mania of being yeah. a true madman where you're like oh shit this guy is unhinged there is no talking to him whatsoever nope and even like at the very end um when nancy's like i know how to defeat you i'm just gonna ignore you i was like mm. Mm, i don't think that works he might have made you think the that thing is- happens but i i really am part of the the now that I've only seen this movie, I could stop with this movie. I don't know if the sequels are any good. I don't, but it, it truly is like a movie. If you're, if you just want to watch a scary movie, this would be a good one and done. And you don't have to worry about anything anymore because I, I think it just leaves off with like, oh, he killed her. They drive off in that car in the dream world and you're like, oh, he killed her. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I do, I love everything about the ending, but I do love the whole, like, <clears throat> I did love the empowerment of, I know you feed on my fear, so I'm going to just ignore you. And originally, Wes Craven was going to have it, have a happy ending. And in some ways, I wish he did. And in some ways, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Um, they wanted to open it for future sequels. It's like, I get um. In yeah. some ways, I think it would have been cool to be like the power of mental toughness and like the fact that this girl is just a straight up badass and that's how she defeated him would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and not one of those like, well, she just was the only version, therefore she didn't die. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do like that they really brought it back of like sometimes the villain doesn't die. Yeah, sometimes he just lives on and is haunting forever. Mm-hmm. I'll get the rest of the neighborhood. And the thing is, Robert Englund was in like a bunch of ridiculous movies after that. Like he's an urban legend in the late 90s. He's in Zombie Strippers in 2008. He's in like several of the 
really terrible, really late Lake Placid sequels. Like, God bless Robert Englund, truly. Like, <laughs> he it's is like a champion. Yeah. He, he really is. Um, he's in a bunch of really silly other uh, horror films, and it just, it does, it, it, it brings me joy. So as a whole, um, would you recommend that other people watch subsequent uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Um, so you're also talking to the, the woman who owns almost all of them. So, so the answer I can't, <laughs> you know, it, that's the thing though. Like when I think about the ones that I actually watch, um, I watch one through three and I wouldn't even say that the sequel is particularly great but Dream Warriors is great um, and almost like in a category of its own in a lot of ways. Um, and then Freddy versus Jason is just like a madcap wild ride for no reason, but every reason at the same time. So like, you know, take, take it as you will. But I would say that those are the only ones that I return to. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think like, because again, I... I own all of the Nightmare on Elm Street. I own all of the um, Friday the 13th, and I own all of the Halloweens. Um, New Nightmare wasn't terrible, but not great. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say the OG, potentially Dream Warriors. No, sorry. And I ran on the street, potentially the second one. Like, if you really want to go for it, go for the second. Um, <laughs> but Dream Warriors is great. And then Freddy versus Jason is a trip. So okay. just watch a couple uh, from each franchise and then go watch Freddy versus Jason because why the fuck not? Okay. So I think on the podcast, we probably won't get into those unless we're still doing this for years down the line and we are absolutely <laughs> out of the barrel <laughs> trying to <scream. laughs> but yeah it's the thing like, is, like dream warriors wouldn't be bottom of the barrel like that i would no. do um the others like yeah i don't know if it's worth it for you there are other movies <laughs> we would definitely watch before we get into that okay there are like a thousand movies before we would watch before <laughs> doing a sequel but i oh i forget what business it is but like a prominent media like pop culture news site posted um their top 135 movies of or ever or something like that and apparently the very last one on the list was friday the 13th and i was like that's kind of ballsy of you guys i'm sorry what friday the 13th dead fucking last okay they're just trying to start fights and conflict. What if I kill them? <laughs> yeah, like, what if I kill them? You probably could. So, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll probably reference Friday, Nightmare on Elm Street for, from now on because that one it, it is a big blueprint, which I can definitely see now for a lot of horror films that we've already watched. Yeah. I, um, I also love that they did still incorporate like it was scary but they also incorporated some silly things and all I can think of is Rod's eulogy where like the, the priest is like uh talking about how those who like 
heart will like reap what they sow. Essentially, like, damn, what the hell? Way to be like he was a bad guy and deserved what he got, but also like, oh how tragic a young man died. Like it was so bad. Did they not give Tina a a funeral? Because this all happens within the span of like a week, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a very. I guess Tina just didn't get a funeral, or we didn't see it, or something. I don't know. I don't know but that but I have oh so Tina's death in itself is not that horrifying like Tina's death in itself is not that horrifying because it's mostly done like under the blankets and it is all very traumatizing although it is traumatizing when she's like on the ceiling and then she just like falls and she's and somehow the room has been covered in blood you don't really know how it happened Mm -hmm. um I would say that's not what gets me about this film what gets me about this film and the spookiest fucking part of this movie for me is when Nancy falls asleep in class and Tina is yes. literally there wrapped in the like that construction style plastic mm-hmm. and like then yeah the but it's it, I don't know it like doesn't even look like a body bag it looks like construction area plastic that she just happened to be wrapped in and then she's literally standing there bloody af and then slowly being dragged down the hallway that part where they picked up the lights and like dragged her in midair it was it was insane that is by far one of the scariest scenes in movies to me like i remember being legitimately scared when i saw it as a teenager even watching it now i'm like oh it's still spooky it is it is by far one of the best scary scenes and it is by it is definitely the one that gets me from this movie because everything else I can like kind of laugh off yeah um like I really can I can laugh a lot of it off and Johnny Depp's death scene is just like pure just joy joy. (laughs) yeah I mean it is it's joy but that whole sequence is just horrifying because it's literally you're you're traumatized from your best friend being found shredded to death and then you just look over and there she is in that bag crucified nancy terrifying don't do that to me don't do that to me (laughs) i would never Never i would never i would never um i would never i yeah so thoughts on this movie would you watch it again Mm -hmm. absolutely is, is, is it worth, is it worth our viewership or listenership <laughs> dime? Yes, I, I think if anything, this would be a, I have to watch this every Halloween movie. Like this, and the movie Halloween are like the ones where you're like, okay, this is the, the season where I need to watch these movies. What a commendation mm-hmm. from Abby. I know. I am delighted. <laughs> I really love it. It's great. It, it's ridiculous and amazing. And I feel like all the right people like play their part. And it's cheesy enough to have some separation, but not so cheesy that you like completely just find yourself completely disinterested in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. So good. Also, I um I forgot to follow up on a point um 
before because I was like a potential child pedophile person. Oh, yeah. um, and then it, I remembered in the original script, Chet is our chatter. Help me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say child molester and Freddie at the same time. And just <laughs> just with cheddar. Cheddar. This is what happens when we're too tired. Okay, we're too tired. Or I'm too tired. Um, and I still need to like take a shower and stuff all these spaghetti <laughs> bags. Help me, somebody help me. Um, so in the original script, well, we're gonna add some levity to the fact that in the original script he was in fact a child uh, molester and um, but there had been like a string of child molester cases happening in California at the time and West Haven didn't want to be insensitive. Um, but they do change it in the remake. So I do remember that from the remake when they remake um, the movie in like the 20, I think it was like the late 2000s, early 2010s. Don't quote me on it. I can't remember when I watched it. I remember it was like one of those um, terrible like Rob Zombie style remakes. Um, and, you know, we can get into whether or not we like Rob Zombie's remakes of we'll Halloween have and things like that. Zombie film to understand. Okay, well, we can watch an OG, and I say the sequel um, to House of a Thousand Corpses, and we do the Devil's Rejects, because Devil's Rejects is excellent, but House of a Thousand Corpses is not great, and it has to be an original. We have to watch it as the Rob Zombie original, not when it's a remake, <laughs> because I think those, I don't know, I didn't really enjoy them, and one of them, like, it was like being on drugs, and it actually stressed me out, and I felt scared and ill, and I didn't like it. So that's a good description of being on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Scared and ill. Um, so anyway, the point being, the the remake. I don't think it was. I don't think Rob Zombie did that remake specifically. But whatever. The point is, is they do bring it back to him being a child molester in that in that movie. Um, so there is there is that, and yeah, um, I. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said fuck Freddy Krueger. Literally fuck Freddy Krueger. He's the worst. Um, yeah. I like Robert it. England is great. Yeah. Yay! Yay! We loved it. Um, I feel, is, is there anything else we forgot to cover? I think we have hammered this movie much as possible i mean it's again since it's a, such an old movie like i feel like there's not too much original stuff to say about it we can just gush about like how much we love it and you know if you are a scaredy cat like me i would definitely recommend watching it um especially just know like through an adult's eyes you can just see like how cheesy it is the acting like is not the greatest but it does touch on some fun fears that you're like, oh, I was not aware of that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It, yeah but yeah. if you want to watch this Halloween, then, or next Halloween, since this is coming out in November, then definitely watch it. That's fair. Um, 100%. Also, like, I, just as an aside, if you, if you want, like, a fun, but actually, but, but spooky scare, yeah, this is it. And all the the while, I always forget that that actor who always looks like he's wearing eyeliner is the one who plays her dad. Because yeah. eyelashes are so intense. He always looks like he's wearing eyeliner. Yeah. Shitty dad. Um, 
Yeah. So they're famous people before they were famous. Cough, cough, Johnny Depp. Um, there are lovely hair. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. He looks so young in that. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a fun ride. But yeah, um, eh, check out what movie we'll be watching next. Uh, you can look us up on the internet. Our Instagram is uh, we are watching horror. Our Gmail, if you'd like to email us, is we're watching pod at gmail.com. You can email us with any suggestions or input if you'd like. We also review books based on the movies that we watch. So if you have a book reading suggestion, you can always put it there too. Um, we post those mostly every Friday. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can find us on Facebook on We Are Watching Horror. No, just We Are Watching Podcast. <laughs> it changes so much. And then on Twitter, we are um, watching underscore horror. So keep up to date with us all over the place. And I literally can't even, I, I can't even understand how you memorize all of that. You're like, oh, I missed that up like slightly. And I'm like, you're the one who's memorized all of it. I don't have any of it. Done yet. <laughs> it's always some so. watching and there's no apostrophe in the where. So it's just where. <laughs> yeah. Where, where watching. Um, also, yes, please check out and or recommend books for us because we're huge lit nerds. And also I literally had a mild heart attack when Abby sent me a text that was like, Amy Lukovic's liked your post. And I was like, ah! I know that um, was so much fun. Yeah. I, as soon as I posted that, I did tag her in it. Um, so, and she liked it like within a minute of me posting it. I was like, me, me, me. <laughs> oh, I have a bunch of her books on my Kindle just because they are spooky AF. Like they grossed me out and actually spooked me, which is like, if you know me, it is very difficult to do. And I mean, grossed out in like the best sense. I was like, what is this that I'm reading? This well, is horrifying. I read the description of it and I was like, what the fuck are you reading, Alexia? <laughs> like it's a YA book, yeah. but it's about a teenager who gets pregnant and is sent to, is like living in the prairie basically by herself is what I gather from the uh, synopsis. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I read The Women in the Walls first and I I was like very disturbed. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, we're gonna try Daughters Hunt to Devils now. <laughs> and, and that one by far, like I felt like was the most like what the fuck am I reading? Why is this amazing but also horrifying? Yeah. And the books make it. Yeah. If if you like reading, you like books, um definitely keep up with us there. Um I did also post our bonus episode so if we do um bonus episodes from now on it, it they'll probably be posted on Sundays and um it will basically revolve around us talking about books that we're interested in that we're reading we can try and keep them horror related or we can just do a general book talk and talk about what we're reading because Alexi and I are never rarely ever not reading words we're <laughs> words are hard we're constantly reading it's a blessing and a curse um but i i do find that one i love horror and novels but um a lot of movies and books or like a lot of movies and tv shows and things are based on either novels of the same name or the same nature but also horror films get so much their influence from gothic novels and i love gothic novels i took a psychopath and um yeah i took a whole class on it because i'm a psychopath and 
we can get get so much and learn so much from these books and I think always are good companions definitely, um, definitely. we'll recommend what we like and um, most of the time you can find these books either on the library or on kindle at, you know amazon.com several of my favorite horror anthology series have come from kindle unlimited mm-hmm. um actually kindle unlimited it is a good one please sponsor yeah please sponsor us Jeffrey Bezos, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Maybe we should be like Bo Burnham and make a song about him and then maybe I'll sponsor Jeffrey, us. Jeffrey Bezos. That, I like literally wanted to start singing, but then I was like, nobody wants to hear me sing. So I'm just not going to do that. Come on, Jeffrey, you can do it. Pave the way, but I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> now we've just devolved into nothingness. Um, no, I like, here's the thing. If we decide to do a book talk, I already have like six books in my brain, like lined up, ready for me to talk about. Cause there was one anthology series that was incredible and I loved it. And I, anyway, uh, and it's female written. So, you know, come at me. Um, and it is by far the most, one of the most innovative core anthologies I've ever read. So now we got to do that. Yeah, we got to do some book talk. So we'll, we'll be talking about that soon. And Again, follow us on the social media. Keep up with our happenings and goings on. And I'm going to continue working on our fine friends at uh, Movies for When, finishing up their podcast. Uh, But their spooky season ones have been incredible. I have never laughed so hard as I did at the episode where we recommended, we recommended the worst uh, horror film mm-hmm. to them. And Abby and I had a big fight over it um, because I'm an asshole and like would not back down. Um, but- <laughs> Your pick did like, I, since I have such a limited background on horror movies, I was like, I just know one that I didn't really care for. And you're like, no, 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 no this one sucks. <laughs> Meanwhile, this one was so bad that I watched it my freshman year of college and my, one of my best friends in college, he has yet to let me live it down. Like I, I kid you not has let, has yet to let me live it down. He used to bring it up all of the time. Every time I like fucked something up or he wanted to be annoying, he'd be like, Hey, remember frozen? And I was like, I hate you so much. Oh yeah. Talking so. to Greg and Denny last night, they were just like, that movie was fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> please listen to their episodes they greg and denny are both hilarious individuals and they're really great guys and uh i think their, their next episode in their spooky season it'll, it'll be out by the time this airs is uh, the best movies to watch uh, for halloween so yeah please listen i like i said i've never laughed so hard at a in a at an episode about bad horror films right. um but I also haven't laughed so hard at a podcast in a while so please listen their spooky season collection is <laughs> fucking fire mm-hmm. and uh we appreciate their support so thank you Denny and Greg you all rock everybody go listen to ours go listen to theirs please be our friend follow us on social tell us what to do please do and on that note uh, how do we sign off of this? <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I guess I would say, uh, don't forget. We're watching. <laughs> <laughs>